how I usually like to start these conversations is, is really about an individual's journey. And usually when I speak to people, you know, they're, they're building something or working on something that you know, is going to dedicate a lot of time, right? Sometimes it's their life's work, right? It's really what, when I chat with people, they're working on something that big for, for them personally and, and for them in the community. Talk a little bit about the journey, man, and, and what it was like and, and what the vision was like to start our own. Yeah, man, I've said the journey is a long one when creating like the concept of our own. I grew up with my dad and my grandparents, um, my dad's parents, but I really like me and my grandfather had like a real deep relationship. Mm-hmm. He was like real big on Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, James Baldwin, like um, the Harlem Renaissance, and just a lot of uh, philosophers, master teachers from back in the day. So we always had these conversations, or more so, I hope he listened when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it really right. resonated with me until like I got a little bit older and when we had start having like more grown up man conversations. One thing I did admire about this, like my grandparents, um, and this is my family in general and the block we lived on in Carson, California, was they was his givers. My grandfather was extremely strict, but he had the biggest heart. And the entire block we lived on was a very like communal effort. Everybody just looked out for one and uh, one another, took, uh, took care of each other. You know, that type of energy gets instilled into you to where like, okay, this is who you become. Mm-hmm. So as I got older and went to like uh, off to college, um, I always start figuring out like, okay, how can I give back? And then I started working at group homes at a young age. And what I realized and discovered that I was able to relate to the kids because I wasn't too much older than them. Um, I was able to speak the same language, play hoops, listen to the same music, just probably similar, but I was able to relate in a way that they was open and willing to share their life experiences and their traumas. And I was able to get information that their therapists at the times couldn't get out. After a year of working with them, I'll get it probably in the first two weeks. Right. But then I was able to really find what's going on and help them. So I started really like diving into it a little bit more. Like, hey, I'm doing like some real good work. How can I like add on to this? And I just, you know, got my college degree in like psychology, sociology, went towards uh, working in more fields and uh, different versions of mental health for like 13, 14 years from bio homes, group homes, foster homes, schools kids on the spectrum and just trying to really figure out how to like solve problems like that was just my thing I decided to like uh move to New York to kind of get away from LA a little bit because I felt like I've grown it sure and uh you know love kind of like a woman brought me out there but I felt like the universe was calling me to that city because I was able to just harness and take in the energy and all the talkings and speech and um lectures I got from my grandfather like all that energy from ancestors just kind of came within me like gave me this concept of our own and have more of an economic uh, version of it. So Dr. Clark Anderson is like one of the persons I kind of follow heavy and the Pyronomics, his books um, called Pyronomics and how he breaks down the different five pillars, but how everything's kind of focused around economics and then solving the community around that. So I know I wanted to figure out how to solve problems, create programming, consistent, sustainable programming within um, our communities, but also provide these opportunities. So once I started jotting down what our own could potentially be, I moved back to L.A. because I figured it, it was a little bit easier on the first concept I wanted to do, which was a seed and soil. Like, I know I wanted to always take like a whole body approach, focus on the mental, the physical and this emotional health. I know my own personal story and my life story, like I became my own case study. So changing my diet, travel, language. There's all these things I put myself through to constantly like grow. I seen the the change from how I used to be right. and how I am now. 
So I figured like if I could get to say even like kids in the group homes or high school kids a little bit sooner and give them this information and be consistent with it, I'll be able to see some type of growth and change within their life. Because even the field I worked in, I had to work with the kid for a year mm. and probably tell that kid like, hey, when you get upset, man, take a deep breath, count to 10, do something. And I won't see results until like a year, year and a half to where, you know, he'll get triggered about to fight. You know, you know what? I'm going to walk away because I'm uh, not going to let you take, uh, take advantage of my energy. When I see things like that, it's like you have to be consistent no matter what it is and what you do. A pop-up here and there is cool, but if you don't have consistent programming after that, like it kind of falls right. on deaf ears. So uh, I created Seed and Soil, which is I wanted to focus on the gut and provide fresh organic produce um, in underserved communities. Um, and I took a mobile approach. So I bought this 45-foot transit bus, gutted it out and converted it into a mobile market. So not only does it provide like just fresh produce, but to create this experience around it because I feel like we deserve dope experiences as well. Just because dope. we're in the serve communities, it doesn't mean like we don't like nice things or dope experiences. So mm-hmm. um created this vibe and it was a good, it was a good hit for like three, four months before I really got to promote it out there. And then, you know, uh the universe spoke and like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm gonna just blow this engine up <laughs> and just stop all <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna make sure you're gonna have to uh, raise another 15, 20 grand just to buy a new engine before you can even figure out what the problem is. So, right, right. Um, pivoted out of that. Uh, I was still tapped into a lot of the families I was working with. So, I would still provide meals or um, fresh produce bags and recipe ideas and just information as much as I can until I figured out how to um, bring that concept back. So, yeah, yeah, it brought me to like LA. And after that, went towards like getting back to the youth and kind of creating like this full program. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, and that's where Be Right Back kind of came. Scaled back a little bit. Like um, my first time traveling was in 2008. I went to Turks and Caicos. Uh, blew my fucking mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Beautiful like, place, man. Man, like my screensaver on my IBM computer at the time was Clearwater White Sand. I'm like, man, this shit's not real. And my aunt, she was a traveler of the family. She got married out there. So she's like, yo, you have to come get your passport and just come. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. I get out there, baby powder, <laughs> sand, clear water. You know, you're seeing fish in the ocean. The people, though, was just amazing. The food and the culture was just amazing. Mm-hmm. It shifted my mindset so quick that I just became, like, I just started traveling, getting passport stamps all over the place. Mexico, here, there, like this yep, was yep. going. But it, what I seen from that, it was starting to allow me to continue to grow and open and expand my mind and see like, yo, there is more out there than what I had just within my bubble. So um, I went to Cuba one time in 2016 and was inspired by that trip so much that I created this, um, um, this program called Be Right Back. And Be Right Back is a 12-16 week program where we teach underserved um, youth, um, high school youth about not just travel, but culture, language, uh, financial um, literacy, like currency right. exchange, wellness, and take them on dope experiences outside of their neighborhood. Yep. And just expose them to this different things that they feel they don't have the opportunity. Um, create uh, partnerships, like with, for example, we went to Nike and we had a whole day there, but it wasn't just about learning sh- about shoes and the players that they know about. It's about like, yo, these are different jobs that runs this engine, like right. marketing, department sales, social impact. And these are different things you could jump into with your creative ideas. And it's like giving them like, oh, I didn't even know that was a job or a thing. 
having their minds just expand and open up on that. Uh, we provide them a passport, then we take them on a trip abroad. So the very first trip in 2019, we took kids to uh, Cuba. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, six young men to Cuba um, for like five, seven days. Everything was paid for the entire program. Like I was wow. able to That's great. Um, raise funds. It was really difficult because I had to sell a concept that wasn't, that hasn't been proven yet. Sure, sure. Um, like I had no quantitative or quantitative uh, data. Like I had nothing just based off like previous research and like I feel in my own personal case study. So uh, yeah, Be Right Back was dope. This year we was actually supposed to go to Egypt with seven young men and seven young hmm. women. But, uh, you know, COVID kind of like yeah. shifted that. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, it's the, it's the one thing that we travel is such an important and just an important thing for, for everybody, man. And it's, it's, uh, it sucks that we'll, we have a year wasted of, of kind of like inspiration being sparked, right? And people traveling. Like, what happened to you when you went to Turks or when you went to Cuba? Like, something happens to our brains when we travel, right? Like, it, it just sparks something in us. And it opens our minds to just different way of life right like things yeah. are different like different cultures like it just it's such an important thing i think that i wish we all could experience right and i wish there was a way where in high school like it's mandatory that the school sends you somewhere right every student gets to travel right i think it's such an important aspect that oh it's coming like i'm i'm, I'm, I'm working on ways yeah, to, scale no, it to man, get it, it there it, 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 it needs to be accessible right it needs to be like almost like a federal program where yeah the, the schools get funding to where it's like look i mean obviously they, they work within organizations like you to, to create programs around you know traveling to certain areas and, and actually embracing the culture and actually learning things and getting stuff done right obviously those things need to be put in place but there's so many uh people that never leave where they came from right Absolutely. like until they're like 20 18 right 19. You know what's crazy like, you know what's crazy though not to cut you off like when i lived in new york there were some people that I came across that never left the borough, that never left Brooklyn. And I'm right. like, yo, well, Manhattan's just across the bridge. Like, you don't want to go there? It's like, they never went there. And it's just a train ride over. And when I even come, like, you know, my neighborhood out here in LA, it's like, yeah, some kids never been to the beach. Some kids never left it. Five mile radius. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, man, it's like, your mind is only focused and trapped in on this one location. Yeah, yeah so, no, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, uh, well, tell me a little bit about how you're working on doing that, right? Like, uh, is it just, is it, you know, getting out and raising funds for that specific program that takes individuals to, you know, different countries to, to learn well, different cultures? It's, yeah, it's more about um, just uh, opportunities. So, like, the travel component and all that stuff is a, a, a version of it. But, like, the, the overall scope of Be Right Back is to essentially, like, excuse me, kind of, like, leave leave your mindset and like shift your mindset a little bit, but get exposed and opportunities to different career paths. So like right now, for example, like Thursday, uh, internship program starts. So mm -hmm. what I've done during this time is uh, still work with uh, the schools and work with uh, as many kids as I can during this COVID via Zoom or whatever, but create an internship program that connects to different companies. So I have this uh, company called Client Boost uh, advertising marketing firm that agreed to do a 10 week in, um, internship where we provide kids like MacBook Pros and iPhones because that's essentially what he, at the CEO, he needed to kind of create this million dollar a month business. And right. he's going to give them all the skills and tools that he um, developed to make this business successful to uh, kids that are 17, 18 years old and potentially give them jobs after the program. 
or assist with getting them a client so they can make their own money and they keep 100% of profit, but still be there as a mentor. So it's creating these pipelines to these opportunities is more so like what I'm excited about. Like starting with like the prerequisite version of like, let me just teach you um, about like financial literacy. You know, I had a young man that was 24 years old. He worked for Merrill Lynch, but he created this program called Hustlenomics using Nipsey Hussle's lyrics to educate youth in um, inner cities on on financial literacy. Like if it's vertical integration, profit, a loss statements, like all these things, but we're using something that they're um, they're able to relate to and put in a form that makes sense. Like these kids was like, they blew my mind. Cause we, um, this one program, we created this uh, burger stand and they was able to use um, some of the, like the, the terms that was given to them and give a presentation and sell us why this burger stand is gonna be um, better, innovative or whatever the case is and make it successful. So just imagine if that was something that was just consistent amongst a lot of underserved inner city communities, you know, we'll be able to learn a little bit more and just dive into different um, fields and industries at a younger age. So that's what these companies I'm working with. Like there's a fabrication build company, um, that internship program starts in January, but that in itself doesn't have that many um, black um, people within that industry, let alone women in that industry. So we're creating right. a program for black women, young black women to dive into what it means to learn about sketch, um, fabrication and build, design, architect, mm-hmm. right. and right. dive into that industry because it's something like, you know, I have a lot of young women that are big on, on their artists mm-hmm. and they don't know that being in, uh, in the art world, you can't use your creativity 100%. in different ways. Right. So it's like just giving them those opportunities and creating the pipelines and employment, um, entrepreneurship, and this business um, is where I, I'm excited about. So that's no, just, I, where it's, it's going. Yeah. The biggest thing I'm going to um, do is like create this academy. And I'm working on that right now with a few real estate developers, um, mm-hmm. what it potentially looks like. Um, obviously, it takes a lot of capital. So I'm going to have to sure. figure out what that looks like. Uh, like future, you mean like an actually physical location? Yes, um, multiple mm-hmm. ones in the city. So mm-hmm. like different wow. spots where that's not too far from different schools, inner city schools, and figure out how to kind of create this, I would say like my version of Soho House, but mm. for, uh, for high schools or probably like kids are 18 fresh out of high school. I mean, man, there's so many closures of like, you know, malls, right? And and sort of right. the, the, these different co-working spaces, you know, going into traditional buildings where, you know, maybe restaurant where restaurants were or, you know, where, you know, shopping center was and turning that into co-working spaces. That's, that's maybe a spot where you don't have to build something new, right? You just go change, exactly. change something that's empty, right? And that's not even being rented out and just totally innovate that into something right. that, what you're talking about. No, absolutely. Um, and that's like, like some of the, uh, the conversations we've been having because there is ways to maintain that because like the co-working space and all that, unfortunately, it's been like uh, some of the failed model during this time. So we figure sure. out how do we work remotely? How do we yeah. stay home? And and this is like, you know, if it's a location where the kids will actually be able to come to in the future and just learn these things and these skills that they could take home. Also, right. like, you know, one thing also is a problem is the kids that we work with, like in the Crenshaw District, um, like South Central, Inglewood, Watts, Compton, mm-hmm. you know, the schools are still short and running low on budget. Like laptops right. is a problem. Sure, no, you know, for sure. internet yeah. is a problem. So where like you know even the kids that's in my program that starts on Thursday, like they're all receiving brand new um, MacBook Pros. 
because you know, like they don't have <laughs> right. That's unbelievable. You know, I like, only have Mac with private. Damage. I know, right? That's huge. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, that is such a. But I think that it, it's important to understand that the what opportunities that they have, though, right? I think sometimes we get lost in that just because you're from an un, maybe an underserved community in America, like right. <laughs> go to Haiti. Right. Uh, Go to Jamaica. Right. Do you want to see really underserved? Right. There's yes. a difference between underserved. And obviously, America is is like you could. It's tough because you can drive five miles and see million dollar homes, right? And you right. feel like defeated in a way. Mm-hmm. But you take a five hour flight, you're gonna see some of the poorest parts in the world, and you're gonna be like, wow, maybe I don't have it that bad. I have to look at it in a different perspective, right? And that's, and I'm glad you that's that where the too. travel part comes in. That's why, to me, that's exactly. so important. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because, like, the kids, when we went to Cuba, first of all, I was just happy. Like, they didn't even touch their phones the entire time. Granted, the mm. Wi-Fi is trash out there, but, like, they didn't even touch <laughs> their phones That's a good thing, all. though, maybe, right? right now. Yeah. Like, there was this uh, into the experience, but there was, like, one of the questions, because we had, like, real grown-up, like, man conversations. Yeah. Like, yo, how do you feel? Like, you know, because mm-hmm. I come from – uh era where we had like you know my dad's homies were like you know we have they'll talk to me like a grown-up sometimes sure sure and you know we develop that that bond with like your elders um essentially and get that wisdom mm-hmm. you know we're kind of mm-hmm. losing that in this generation a little bit but we you know we just had real deep conversations and develop uh the question around what is your perspective of this land you know mm-hmm. um to what may look like, you know, extremely poor, probably no internet lights, people like right. outside hanging out yep. is something that they're used to, but it makes them happy, you know, versus you living in your neighborhood with palm trees around, but it's considered like the hood or the ghetto back home. Like, let's look at the perspectives and develop, like, you know, your different perspective on the outlook of this. And, you know, their minds are just blowing this on a lot, man. And it's like those six young men all improve in their grades. They oh man, improved. you changed their life, bro. Something, yeah, something, like, something like that would change somebody's life, you know? Like they got internships, like they're working on jobs. Like one started a business um, already. So we're mentoring um, him on how to like, uh, you know, get the paperwork and everything in place. Right. It's, it's like now, like they feel like, yo, there's more I can do because mm-hmm. I've seen more, yep. you know? So, absolutely. And that's, you know, just one of the programs we have. <laughs> <laughs> our own is like an umbrella of all the yeah, man, initiatives underneath because talk about like, more of them yeah talk, give us an idea of so we are uh, so my boy my boy um uh, but uh i like i said like every program essentially that's under our own um i put myself through so i became a runner mm-hmm. when i moved to new york tapped into 5ks 10ks half marathons mm-hmm. um and it started just doing these things like oh yeah this is this is kind of cool um but when you uh you know when i go back home you just start looking at statistics again with what's going on within like the black and brown community heart rate uh heart disease is high mm-hmm. hypertension and diabetes right all these things are extremely high and you see the lack of access to like yoga studios nearby or mm-hmm. gyms or run clubs or whatever so my boy buddy like he decided to start running in a in a neighborhood where you don't see people running in groups mm-hmm. you know um right. unless something like negative going on so he started doing it and then friends started joining in so when by the time i moved back um i reached out to him like yo this is something i'm into and i can't be a thought leader in every space you know like um 
course. But I would love to partner with people that are thought leaders in their spaces that have their own community and we figure out how to do and grow all of this stuff together and working with each other to kind right. of kill that stereotype that black people can't work with each other. <laughs> it's annoying. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, started this run club um, called Keep It Run 100. And I partnered with him on it to where we figured this how to like grow it and scale it and just bring access and make it fun. Like our slogan for our own is like make purpose popular. Mm-hmm. And it's like as much as we could, you know, we're doing something great, but we're also having fun doing it. So people who wouldn't normally run in the heart of like South Central or Inglewood or whatever right, right. are now running their first 5Ks. We had like, I think 20 some people run their first half, uh, their first full marathon last year, early this year. Wow. Um, Last year, it was the same thing. So now people are joining this this group or this club and focusing on running, but it's also focusing on their their health. They're getting their bodies moving. They're taking their health a little bit more seriously. And when you start going down that road, you start, oh, like, well, hell, like, let me start eating a little bit different. Let me drink more water, you know? Let me start going down a rabbit hole and learn how to, like, you know, become a little bit more healthy. Yeah. So we're doing different parts on how we could just make our communities a little bit healthier. If it's eating soil, if it's keep it 100, if it's be right back, how do we create this ecosystem of opportunities, health, wealth, and just grow and mm-hmm. just like scale it from there. That's how, do you, how do you find the, like the students or, or the kids or the people that get involved? Is it through the schools? Is it through the, do you tap yeah. into the group, group homes that you worked at previously? Yeah, so like uh, previous group homes and stuff like that, uh, relationships I have, but like one of, uh, persons that I um, go to a lot is my boy, uh, DJ. Um, went to college with him. We both had like the same like mindset when it comes to, like, really trying to help the kids. Um, but we have like a very like youthful approach. Like, you know, he's uh, around my age, like 36, 37, but it's still, we're still relatable to the kids. You know, we have fun, we joke, we do whatever, and, but they respect him. And he runs an after school program um, at Dorsey High School in connection with Crenshaw High School as well. So um, these are schools that's directly in the inner city, um, underfunded schools as well. And we just do what we can. So he has a real, real connection with all the students at these schools. So he's able to see like, who essentially like may benefit from this program right now and just keep on adding kids to each program. What I like how, like how we choose the kids is like, we're not focusing on like, you, you gotta have a 3.0 to get into this program. You know, we wanna know, do you really need it? Like, you know, one of the kids that we had in our program, he recently like lost his father before we started the Be Right Back program in 2019. You know, uh, upward bound student, focus, you know, really handle his business, but he lost his father. And it was something that he needed brotherhood um, surrounding him. His mom was extremely appreciative because that helped him get through that process. It helped him get through that grieving right. process. DJ, you know, he's really connecting. It allows us to like really choose the right kids, which is dope, so. And as well, we were connected with like different school districts. Yes, like I said, like our previous jobs, different group homes or organizations like that. I'm able to like tap into the youth and not just only high school, you know, we focus on middle school as well as elementary as well too. How has fundraising been for you? What's that process been like? Have you you've gotten better at it? Has it been less difficult as, you know, you put the programs together? Is it easier to speak about them and get people involved? How has, you know, it's always, it's difficult, man, for, for, you know, startup nonprofits, right? It's always difficult, that part. Yeah, man, uh, you ain't lying about difficult. <laughs> you know, bootstrap a lot of the programs in the first couple years. Uh, 
still sometimes. Um, cause it's, we're considered like a small nonprofit grassroots organization. Um, we have to show proof of concept a lot. So when it comes to like reaching out for funding from these large corporations, I don't mind being vetted, uh, because we're vetted hard either, yeah. because it also helps like me grow and see what these companies are looking for and how to like add, like I'm extremely open when it comes to that. The problem is like, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, we'll give them everything and we'll get praise like oh my god you guys are doing something amazing work the impact is out of this world in comparison to like larger organizations that we just give millions of dollars to and i was like yeah yeah i, I agree you know um i'll take a million <laughs> um and it just sometimes it just doesn't pan out that way um and maybe it's because of like the reach if i was like just throw something out there like naacp you know they've been around since like the 60s or whatever they have a lot of reach, you know, so big companies were like, all right, like this makes sense. Let's just give them a million dollars here and there mm-hmm. in comparison to like us that we don't have, like, I would say like that reach yet, but our impact shows that once more funds are able to come in, that we able to grow and scale at a large rate. Cause look at what we're doing with a little bit of nothing. Coming to these companies, it's, it's difficult. One of the approaches I would say that we have taken is somewhat like an agency approach um, that we create activations within our communities as well around the programming that we have. So if it's like meditation and yoga or running or whatever, we create these large activations that brings a lot of people out. For example, this past February, we did like um, a 5K in the heart of South Central. It has never really been done on that level before where we actually shut down streets and run through a neighborhood where people don't run through they run around um Mm. so we we changed that narrative we brought people out like uh you know we partnered with nike on that so nike pretty much took care and like you know gave us money and funded so we could put that on we partnered with the city of los um los angeles um as well to like get the permits and everything approved so like that has helped because now when we go to different um, companies like, oh, well, you guys have partnered with Facebooks or the HBOs or the Complex or Nike, right. Right. become a little bit more legit, essentially. It's unfortunate and it's frustrating sometimes, but like we have to like, you know, do those things. But like what I tell these companies also, I understand you want initial like reach at the moment. You want this makes your company look good. Like look what we did. But I try to hold them accountable. Like, look, Consistent programming, if you're really about change and growth and social impact, we need consistent programming in these communities. And we're part, we're one of the organizations that is doing it. So you want us to continue to, if you're really about it, like support us, support us uh, financially so we can continue to make this bigger and better besides just a one-off, like, yo, here's 50 grand, use this money to activate and put our name behind it. Versus like, here's 50 grand, continue doing what you're doing and reaching more of your community members so we could like just continue to scale this out. So uh, yeah, fundraising is difficult. Uh, we work with different like uh, companies that support us. Uh, we've received, a, I would say more grants this year through, um, during COVID than last year without COVID, which is crazy. Is that usually like through foundations that you would get yeah. the grants from? Yeah. It'll, it'll be from foundations. It'll be from uh, like, we got a grant from like the, um, different cities like Long Beach or it'll be through like this large companies like a, like a Nike, like a complex, like a network. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, these companies will like, you know, use their funds. 
And we re- like I would say, we received more this year because of what a lot of things has happened in the beginning of the year. We, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, like a lot of these things that became extremely publicized um, and everybody wanted to like tap in, like how can we help and assist um, this community? Like, what can we do? Um, so yeah, a lot of money was tossed around. Unfortunately, like, you know, a lot of it went to the same five or six organizations. Right. Right. Um, unfortunately, but well, not fortunately, because it's still good. But like, you know, a lot of the grassroots organizations that are doing like real work sometimes gets overlooked. Um, I think we received more this year as well because there was no distractions. Um, I'll talk a lot. Uh, we, me and my business partner, Lee Johnson, we talk about this a lot where because of COVID, the world shut down. We was able to be still. We was able to see things. We was able to react and respond. Um, we wasn't distracted with sports, wasn't distracted with shopping, day parties, <laughs> or anything like that. We was right. seeing these things, and it was in our face every day, which it has always been, but, like, we're hyper-focused on it now. So now everybody's more focused on creating solutions. So Seed and Soil actually came back during uh, COVID more so because, like, the kids and the families we work with, we wanted to make sure they was taken care of because a lot of them lost, their families lost paychecks right away. Like, and it was hard getting unemployment, stimulus checks wasn't getting sent out right away. So food was a shortage. Like it was hard to like figure that part out while still keep lights on, while still keep a roof over their head before they had all these these, uh, programs in place. So we brought that back and we was just going around and got word and then, you know, word passed us around like, oh man, next thing you know, we're, have a full operation where we're delivering food throughout Los Angeles from like all over the place within like a 20 mile radius. To date, I think we're delivering somewhere amongst like 25,000 meals. Wow, wow. To like this families in need. And I want to focus on the delivery component because it's still like the bus. How do we get to the people? Because sometimes a lot of what I realized, a lot of families don't have the transportation to get to a food, um, a food bank. They don't have- right. right the time essentially to probably stand in line. And because of COVID, it's like the risk is just there a little bit more. So we created a, a safety system where we're packaged up the, um, the food, fresh produce. And this is like also like recipes. This is all immune boosting foods, especially within our community, because what did they say? Like the black and brown community is at higher risk because of under, um, underlying issues, which is a whole nother systemic issue around food desert and yep. all things. So, you know, Here's some fresh produce. Here's fresh fruit. Here's herbs. Mm-hmm. Here's spices. Here's all these things that you can eat. But also here's the recipes for five different things you could do with all the things that's just, um, the ingredients that's in this bag. Um, it just went over pretty well to where, um, like Danny Green from the Lakers um, jumped on board. You know, of course I was excited. I'm a Laker fan. Even I was mad he missed that three in Game Five. Like, come on, brother. We didn't have to go to Game Six. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like he jumped on board and helped us continue our mission. Um, a lot of other people started jumping on board. Um, so we started receiving a lot of funds to support that program, um, which was dope. And then when those companies start supporting that, they start seeing all the other things that we do. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, let's just support. Right. Right. The entire program like you guys are actually doing some good work you guys have what well, be right back you creating these opportunities and doing this even during like COVID and zoom and all that like wow like let's support that oh you have these run clubs and you're focusing on people getting healthy like mm-hmm. let's support that you know meditation we created like a digital series around healing around going inside so we have sound uh sound baths breath work pilates like all these tools that we uh we shot in digital takeaways to just give, and like recently we uh, 
I like being creative and innovative and just like like I said, being relatable, relatable, but also yep. making purpose yep. popular. So I was talking to my partner around voting um, this year. And voting is 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 a hard task in our communities at times. One, because we focus just on the pres- presidential elections like every four years, right? Right, right. But I, I'm big on voting locally. Locally, yep. And no one at times it's very difficult to like, yo, who's on the ballot? Like your LA County supervisor, do you know who this person, do you know your district attorney, do you know these people who are actually, we have direct access to, we can hold them more. And that's the people who will affect your lives, like day to day more than a president ever. Exactly, so like, like how can we, again, get to the people, make this cool, and so they um, will tap in a little bit more. So we, uh, I struggled in the past on propositions. I will walk in there, I'm like, I did not do my damn research. Uh, I'm filling this out like a, <laughs> yeah, like an yeah. SAT scantron, like yeah. man, A, B, uh, I don't even know. And they only give you like one line, like, yo, if you vote yes for this, this is what it means. But there's so much um, history and context towards each proposition that you have to really like study for and do your research. Because so, they, they intentionally worded absolutely difficult too, right? To make it a little bit like, we had just had one here, man. And the first two bullet points, I was like, oh, I agree with these totally. And then the third one was like, I disagree with this totally. So I yeah. have to answer no, because they try to sneak this third bullet point in that mm-hmm. is totally contradiction to the first two bullet points, right? But if you only read the first or second one, you might not even yeah. read the third one, you know? And then you just shit hit yes. And you're voting and you voted yes on something that actually you should have voted no for it. Yeah, it's crazy. So like uh, with that, we created um, this visual album called uh, Make Purpose Popular. I did came late at night. Call, uh, me and my, my business partner talked about it. Like in two days, we reached out to friends uh, with the idea um, for them to do like their research. Here's some, uh, we rewrote each proposition, put it all on our website to where like you could fully like understand it a little bit more. And then we decided to like, let's rent a house and like, rent some cameras and like shoot this visual album essentially, like a conversation piece amongst right. everyday people having like this girlfriend talking. We like, it was pretty much all women and they just have like a girlfriend talk. Like, so prop 15, this is what it is, da da da. Like how you feel about it? Like, yo, this was kind of confusing. Like I, I had to do more research and I found that A, B and C. So, you know, we took a, the nonpartisan approach but like we're giving you if you vote yes and if you vote no for it and what that really means in in a way that you right. could understand it, but also do more research on your on your end to really tap in. And that went over well. Man, a lot of people really responded to it and it was like, yo, this is dope. Like they down like we created um like a magazine out of a CD essentially uh, as a downloadable uh, link uh, <laughs> to where like you could download this whole PDF and each side has um like the video version and then a readable version. So you can actually read each prop to get more detail, but then we also have the video component where you're listening to uh, these women talk about um, each proposition. So like that's been extremely helpful and educational for our community. And then we took it on tour. So we partnered with uh, this company called Via Clover. Via Clover is this fabrication build company and they build out this dope um, Oakwood structure for us collapsible structure where we're able to pop out uh, pop up mm. at different uh businesses yeah. and have like this uh voting registration initiative um that we did so we went on tour with it where we was educating everybody on the propositions we have like these tall six foot boards that uh you could scan qr codes and take you directly to our website to read and do more and uh, get more information on the proposition as well as the video and um 
yeah, we had music, so DJs, and we had a very like nice, dope social distance events and pop-ups in different locations, all the way to Oakland. So like that went over well as also. And we find out like a lot of people, we create these safe spaces. Like I just told you, like I didn't know how to vote on propositions before, but sometimes when you're going into communities, like, you know, we might pride or ego, whatever, we don't want to tell you we don't know. So the whole goal of this was to create these safe spaces where, you know what, I don't even know what a proposition is. Can you help me and school me? Boom, let's start there. Cause I, I don't know how old you are, but when I was growing up, man, there was this cartoon that was, I think my dad and them, that's how old it is. But it's like uh, the cartoon of a bill, like I'm just a bill, I'm standing on Capitol Hill. And it kind of went through this whole process of what a bill was. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Like how, like some, we need to bring that back and figure out how to make that Mm -hmm. a version. Mm -hmm. Because like that in itself, like even at a young age, like, I just remember the song so much that I knew how to, pre- uh, I knew what a bill was just based off the song. So uh, yeah, you know, we created this dope um, tour, this visual album, and it's been helpful and people are able to walk into the booth um, to the polls this um, on November 3rd with a little bit more confidence. That's been good. So I usually like to end on the future a little bit, man, and you have so much going on and, you know, this, yeah. this, this, it's there's so much, you know, amazing impacts happening and it's it's kind of hard to sometimes to to take a breath right and kind of right you know almost like tap, pat yourself on the back a little bit i think sometimes you need to do that right and be like you know we, we did we're doing some good stuff let me let me breathe a second and let me kind of say congrats to myself and, and motivate myself a little more but maybe in those times of sort of reflection what do you look like what are some of the goals and missions that that you want to sort of seek for the next you know let's say three to five years for the organization yeah um one let me just go back like thank you for that like it's very hard to pat yourself on the back like it's like i find myself at times like yeah you know preaching like yeah we have to like do these things but we don't have like a big team so like when i say right. when we're doing all these things it's literally like three to four of us that's doing everything from itemized uh budgets to uh to decks the right. whole visual album I learned how to do sound and record it and mix it. <laughs> um, my business partner shot everything on an RE camera. We rented these like, you know, lights and everything. So at times it becomes hard to celebrate self. One, because I'm always looking for it. I'm always thinking like what um, the next thing is gonna be and how we can scale and have bigger impact. Because I'm seeing what we're doing with a small group of kids or community members, but I don't want it to stop there. You know, I want to take over all of Los Angeles at some point and like provide, like you said, like how do we create a mandate program within the school system that every kid is allowed to travel? Like that's part of what I'm trying to do as well. Like bring and be right back, essentially a different version of it into the schools. Because I, I did, yep. A, yep. did a, I did a conversation at this private school in uh, Sherman Oaks and <laughs> it, it blew my mind, first of all, how one articulate these kids were. Um, but it felt like a college campus, man. Like, mm-hmm. it was just hanging out underneath a tree during class time. Like, you know, they could go into the class whenever. Like, it just felt so peaceful. And I just walked in, I'm like, man, I feel so good walking here. This is the type of energy and vibe like these kids have to learn. And then you see, like, you know, some of these private schools have end of the year senior trips abroad. Yep. You know, Yep. They have these robotic, robotic programs at the school. 
they have all this access that allows them to dream big and just dive into diff different industries. So bringing that to inner cities that have little to no funding and figuring out how to partner with these larger companies or organizations like Amazon or something like that, I like to create consistent, sustainable program where kids, I know when I'm here or not here, is a system in place where people are able to drive in. So how I see the organization in the future is this owning and taking full control of like what it means to be like healthy and well, whole body. And that's creating consistent, larger impact. So be right back with scale into the schools. Um, it was scale in, um, outside of schools and have connections to so many different companies where we're able to pipeline kids into different internship uh, opportunities, you know, so they could get first, first um, hands-on experience um, at an early age. Like, I didn't start my growth, unfortunately, until like 26. Right. Just, man, yeah. Like, things start shifting yeah. for me, you know, but imagine if I was, you know, I'm not saying like my parents or nothing didn't do a good job. It's like my dad taught me as much as he can. He comes from a different generation where he worked, retired from a good job, and that's what his path is on. My grandfather, before he transitioned, was on the same thing. He worked 30 plus years, never missed a day of work, and was able to provide for his entire family, bought homes, um, and retire and live a good life until he uh, transitioned. So when it comes to like me, you know, of course my dad like, man, I really don't understand what you do. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not working? but you're still able to pay bills. I'm like, oh, first of all, I created a nice savings account, dad. I'm responsible, you know, to where I remove myself from my job to focus on my program. Cause this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like this, I want yeah, to grow. It's your life's out. work, bro. It's your life's work. Yeah, like this is my legacy. I want to grow it as much as I can and leave something um, back. Like when it comes to all the programming, at the end of the day, it's just like how I'm going to scale it to kind of make it sustainable and grow it where kids are able to grow through this and get hit with so many opportunities that like, you know, it's just endless. So I have a lot of few things written down. I can't fully share, you know, some, <laughs> yeah, some, ADAs, some ADAs in place, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like guaranteed probably like next year, I'll be able to come back and um, shoot you an email. Like, yo, so here's all the things, <laughs> the, the full three to five year plan that finally was finalized at the end of this year, you know, I'm waiting on. So awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's it's inspiring what you you and the small team are up to, right? But I mean, damn, to accomplish everything y'all do, just such a small team is so impressive, man. And just you know, keep keep grinding and just keep staying focused and, and don't lose track of, of the mission, man, and the vision that you've already built, right? You've already had some great successes, right? It's just building building on top of that. So um, just keep up the amazing work, man, and, and have a you know have a great rest of this year and obviously you know a great rest of three decades <laughs> <laughs> right and i appreciate that man like uh thank you for allowing me onto your platform and share my story like you know oftentimes like i i struggle with this talking because i'm always working i'm always like sure. my mind yeah. literally is yeah, like yeah. I mean, plus i'm the man behind the scenes like i don't put myself out there like i highlight other people yep, so same. much like i think if you go to my instagram page or just you'll see everybody on there <laughs> except myself yeah uh because like i want to empower everybody but also i want everybody to figure out how we can really work together because we really need this engine like our own essentially is not built to compete with anybody it's to kind of collaborate and uh create this endless opportunities for everybody because i can't do everything 
do I run? Yes. Do I want to run a run club or scale that myself? I can't, you know, I can't be doing this and then doing that and teaching yoga and doing all these things as well as like, you know, preparing vegan meals and dropping them off everywhere. Like it's impossible for me. Um, But I do know thought leaders that have dope, amazing energies that are doing the amazing work and we can collaborate and work together and just circulate our wealth of wisdom with each other and really pour it out to the world. Yeah, I appreciate you allowing me to just like, you know, come out and just share. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. Yeah, it, it, it helps, man. It's it's a little bit of therapy sometimes too to just kind of, you know, take a break and, and just let loose a little bit, let, you know, have a, have a mental party, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and just rift a little bit. So I appreciate you taking the time, my man, and have a great, uh, have a great rest of the week. Uh, you too, man.